Is that a machete in your pocket, sir, or are you just happy to see me? I'm just saying, why wouldn't you check the back seat? I'm just not here for it. I kind of enjoyed the axe to the face. Ooh, hey there, Mr. Monster. So, chill or kill? back in the house y'all guess who's back with a brand new case and i don't mean case you mean as in a new case of child investigation accusation who knows that song you remember that song? i do not know that song <laughs> and i'm a little bit concerned right now no it's okay it's eminem it's um i believe it's the intro to <sighs> ass like that it's the dig that he makes at Michael Jackson. Remember, he used to always be on top of, like, fucking making fun of Michael Jackson. You remember that phase in Eminem's uh, life? He was really obsessive know. about it. Was, I was never, I never. An Eminem fan? Not a huge fan. Oh, my no. God. In eighth grade, I had this black t-shirt that had just his fucking, the closest close-up you could imagine of his fucking face. Completely nondescript. But it was printed in blue scale for some reason. Across this black wow. t-shirt, and it just said Eminem at the bottom. And it had no context. It, that was it. That was the whole shirt. Interesting. Should have kept that. You, yeah, totally. Definitely, definitely should have kept that as a relic from the past. That. And um, we also should have definitely um, recorded several episodes for you of uh, our um, Netflix and Kill, but we <laughs> haven't. We haven't done any goddamn thing because we're fucking trash human beings. You know what? Netflix and Kill is like, is a fucking love affair, okay? Remember that time where we said we were going to do one every Saturday for them? Remember the time where, they, where they we said, hey. They don't believe us. They don't have any guys? faith in us. That's true. You know what? We're lying scoundrels, but we're here now. You lying, you dirty bastards. You lying to me. Listen, what's that? I'm not always. Listen, what, what's that song? Um, I'm not always there when you call, but I'm always on time. Yes, yes. <laughs> we I'm not always so. there when you call, and I'm not. I'm, I'm not on time on, either. I'm not on time either. So I don't, we're exact nothing like that song. Love in the moment, love in the moment, live in the moment, podcast in the moment. That's where we're. No, we we're actually doing. should podcast in the moment, but we don't. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't oh, save some moments for podcasting. It's been a minute, yeah. y'all, since it we has. have uh, released a little Netflix and kill for you. Yes, and we are looking to get more regular. I've switched to a plant based diet. Kenny's taking some supplements and probiotics. We are getting regular. Um, and I mean, lots of Activia. Yeah, he is. He's doing like the Jamie Lee Curtis thing. By the way, Halloween 2, maybe, maybe a thing. Maybe a thing. I feel maybe. like it's in the works. Yeah, it yeah. is totally possibly in the works. Um, <laughs> totally possibly in the works, just like ne- next week's Netflix totally. and Kill. <laughs> totally possibly in the works you may totally possibly get one um next saturday but you know what 
Stay tuned. Shit, I can't even promise you this episode. We're in the middle of, of recording it. Who the fuck knows, you know, Our soundboard sometimes likes to just take a huge shit on our lives, so that's Don't cool. Don't blame it on the soundboard. The sometimes our lives take like, a huge shit on our lives. The soundboard's over there like, <laughs> I have you fucking bitch. I've been here for you. I've always been here. I make you sound the way that you do. <laughs> it's true. Without the soundboard, I sound like fucking the nanny. <laughs> Treasure. Anyway, what movie have so we listen, netflix it no it's been week. a minute it's been a minute since we actually were able to sit down and watch a netflix are we gonna re-explain the premise no but i meant like together like it's been hard for us to yeah. watch one together mm-hmm. um just considering like recent life events so that's why it's been a minute since we've given um since we've recorded one but we were finally able the stars aligned the moon shined down upon us God himself opened up. No, that was the Papa John's man. Oh, yeah. He opened up the door to bring in the pizza. Same thing. We actually had a pizza, y'all. It was was really nice. We actually scrolled through Netflix for like all of five minutes, maybe even less (laughs) than that. Saw this film on here, and this film is called The Basement. And since our lives are kind of in the basement right now, Uh we figured it'd be perfect. Uh, totally. I don't even know what made us uh, select it. Was it something? Um, I think what it was was you were scrolling through. Uh, you were scrolling through Netflix, and then we had seen like there was lots of different things. We had saw Terrifier, but we had done that. Um, lots of just stuff that. Okay, I'm just gonna stop. <laughs> Sorry, and then we came across the basement, and it looked pretty good. So. I guess, do you want to give a brief description, or I should? Maybe I feel like I, should. I shouldn't be trusted with the plot synopses anymore, because y'all, I get crazy. You do get you do get crazy. I just don't know what's important and what's not for you. I don't want to ruin a lot. I just get so anxious. Why don't you give the plot synopsis? <laughs> okay. All right. So, The Basement is a 2017 American horror film directed by Brian M. Conley and Nathan Ives. It stars... Misha Barton, Jackson Davis, Caleb Long, and Tracy Toms. Um, it originally premiered at Shriekfest in L.A. on October 7th, 2017, and it received a 10-market theatrical and digital release in the United States. That's what we call a soft platform release. A 10-market theatrical release. Um, kind of like this podcast, I feel like. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, when I saw this movie, before we watched the trailer, well, the first few seconds of the trailer, because y'all know I'm funny about trailers, because trailers these days show you all of the good fucking jump scares and all of the good plot points, so I try to, like, avoid them until I've actually seen the movie, and then I'll go back and watch the trailer um, all the way through, but before I looked at the trailer or the description or anything about this movie, I was like, hmm, The Basement, I wonder if it is about flooding (laughs) and trying to claim motherfucking flood ass basements on your fucking homeowners okay because that is a horror different ways that we can do that so you said flooding basements and i thought about wet pussy (laughs) no that wouldn't be a horror movie necessarily it's a horror movie for that dick because he's about to get murdered (laughs) (laughs) your basement is flooded ma'am (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way. No, I was thinking like homeowner life. 
You were thinking about reality. Flooding. I was thinking about fucking box fans and wet vacs. Fucking just reality like is a horror story. Living. It really is. Wet so, ass carpet. But it's not. It's not about the tragedy of uh, it's someone. It's not about that. You know, dealing with homeowners insurance and all of that. But anyway. Although that could be a horror movie on its own because the basement could, like a leaking ass basement could drive you to become a homicidal maniac. Yeah. Um, Somebody make that film. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, that reminds me of, um, shit. Uh, what was it? The, um, the horror movie, why am I blanking on this? Oh my God. The, um, the Insidious 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was it 2? No. It was um, The Conjuring 2. Yes. Shit. All the same fucking universe, yes. anyway. Yeah. Um, the Conjuring 2, where the fucking, the lady, the parents had, had that fucking nasty-ass basement that was just water. She's yes. She's trying to wash her fucking clothes, and it's just water. Yes. Like, ma'am, that's mold. You're not seeing a fucking demon. That's not Valak. That's mold. It's fucking black mold. This is a fucking health concern. Exactly. Anyway. Somebody call the CDC. We need some Lysol in this. We need that Pine Saw lady. Does the UK have CDC? We need the Pine Saw lady. I'm sure they have something similar. They do. They probably have the... Instead of the Center for Disease Control, they probably have the Centrero for Disease Control. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> great i'm so glad we offended all of our UK listeners. Anyway, they love the re yes that's okay the uk's uh well europe is the only um or the only motherfuckers out here spelling theater right so that's there true you go. i cling to that shit that i cling true. to that re hard the shit's in my degree that's true anyway Yes. So anyway, this movie's not about any of that. <laughs> no. This uh, movie now that we've told you what it's about, not about. Yeah. So this movie, uh, a simple plot summary, is about a gentleman who uh, is very famous, uh, apparently. Given he's got money in yeah. this world. Yeah. He's got money in this world. Of the um, and he's got a girlfriend or wife. I feel like maybe it was a wife. Uh, yeah, they're married. Yeah, they were married. Um, who comes downstairs and she's like in this really like suggestive like oversized shirt that's quite clearly his that shows that they probably just fucked yeah that's the just just fucked shirt we all have one actually i have one in the nightstand that i keep <laughs> please tell you me know. it says just fucked yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just wrote that across yeah. in which case it's in my I size wear it every day yeah. of my life mm-hmm. it's in my size because you know i love all sizes so um <laughs> can't always plan on wearing his <laughs> That's true. He might not have double D's, honey. So his wife says that she's a little thirsty and she wants some champagne. So she sends him out, which is random as fuck. Who does that? Sends him out to go get champagne at like 1130 at night. He goes to a convenience store, gets kidnapped, and ends up in the basement of a psychopath who does some really creepy, very fucking weird ass shit to him throughout the entire film. So... I believe it is at this point that you should pause this fucking shit either because you want to watch it or you're just fucking tired of listening to us and you're like, what the fuck is this shit? What is this? Uh, either way, I don't really care. You can pause it and because we might spoil some shit from here on out. Yes, this is your spoiler alert warning. We need some sort of like music we cue say for that the spoiler alerts. every fucking episode. We need a spoiler alert call. 
Somebody email us one to the podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Royalty free, though. I'm not trying to pay. It's true. Yeah. Um, Don't get us sued. Um, no, but we need it. We need a spoiler alert. But this is your this is your manual acoustic. This is the acoustic spoiler alert for you. Um, if you are bothered by spoilers, if you don't want the movie ruined, then go fucking watch it and then come back and listen to us. If you don't give a shit about spoilers because reality is a fictitious construction that we put together to make ourselves feel better, keep on listening. <laughs> I love it. All right. I think, Amazing. I think all the spoiler sensitives have left us. Hopefully. Here we are. So... Katie, what are your initial thoughts on this film? Like, um, as far as the plot goes. So we have this gentleman who has been kidnapped. Um, and so he's sort of, um, you meet his kidnapper mm-hmm. um, fairly quickly. And things just get a little weird. He starts to... He's quite obviously um, at some point. I don't point, know that they get that weird so much as they start, start weird, weird and, and then they just weirder. like, yeah. They don't get weird, like, because there's never like a non weird moment. Um, first of all, let me just address that sending a man for champagne after he just got done eating your pussy is the most fucking boss ass move I've ever heard of. And I'm now going to do that as a vetting maneuver. That's exactly <laughs> what that was. Uh, not a vetting. That's maneuver. a vetting maneuver. Go get me some champagne motherfucker. How about I want some chocolate cake from the fucking Ruby Tuesday. That's what I want. He's like, it's two o'clock in the morning and they're open all night. They're not. (laughs) (laughs) They close at like 11, right? Well, you better get on over there and get your spot in line when they open in the morning, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, so um, props to to wifey for that. Uh, As far as the kidnapper goes, obviously our protagonist, Craig, I believe is his name. I love the name Craig. 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 It always, always, always makes me think of Friday. And you ain't got to lie, Craig. You ain't got to lie. You ain't got to lie. And isn't that true in this film, Craig? Because yes, Craig's been lying. True. Craig's been lying. Craig's been cheating on that wife. Mm-hmm. Craig's wife sending him to get champagne, knowing that he a cheating ass. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. So um, the kidnapper, I have to say, um, smoking hot. Definitely yeah. making some questionable choices in our lives. But Jackson Davis, you just let me know whenever you need some uh, company. He would go get you champagne, I feel like. I, I don't know that I'd let him go get me champagne. I'd be like, turn them baby blues over here my way again. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he calls himself, or he is known as the Gemini killer yes. I guess it's a little um I, I got a kind of like a zodiac vibe to it almost yeah a little bit yeah initially I mean not fully but like when you're thinking like Gemini killer it it makes me think of it like triggered zodiac, zodiac for it you? triggered really? zodiac and also like towards the end and that like little get up mm. that he had um, yes what got me was the scene at the very beginning with the girl who he had kidnapped. Yeah. You know, she had a tit out. Oh, yeah. Um, that scene, his executioner hood and everything, um, was very Zodiac Killer inspired. Um, but 
that could be just because he had a bag over his fucking head, which is exactly <laughs> what the Zodiac Killer did. Yeah. Um, very low budget. But um, the Zodiac intentionally. Killer? <laughs> yeah, intentionally, because the Zodiac Killer just put a fucking sack over his head and good to go. Okay. Good to fucking go. Um, ready made. I don't... Serial killer okay. outfit. Uh, anyway. Um, ready to wear. I thought it was very interesting. Um, you made, actually, the connection, um, or not a connection, but a comparison between a sort of situation, like this movie, The Basement, with the killer who um, has this, um, the killer captor who has these multiple personalities that he's kind of like, that are all sorts of facets of him, mm-hmm. right? Because he keeps calling Craig Billy, but he is Bill, so he's kind of working through something in his own he- mind. Um, and you kind of made the comparison, I think, between that and, um, what is it? Uh, what is it? It's like the new one is like Shattered or something. Split. Split, yes. With our darling James McAvoy. Yeah. And his alter ego, Patricia. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, so it's It was kind of like that in a horror context. And it was very interesting to watch it kind of play out. Yeah, so it was interesting because you have the main character, um, Craig, the victim, who is tied up in the basement. And each time you see the his kidnapper, the serial killer, he is in a different character. So and he interacts. So he'll come down, and he's in a, um, he's in character. Interacts with Craig and kind of tortures him sometimes. Other times, um, he doesn't, and leaves, and then comes back as a new character. So initially, he comes down, and he's dressed as a clown, um, which hello my life. So he comes down as a clown, and then that sort of sets the bar of like seeing how he's using Craig uh, to sort of work through his own issues because the clown that he is portraying is the killer. And then when he leaves, Craig is sort of identified as the killer through his other alter egos. It's very meta and very like, (laughs) It, it's it's really interesting to watch, but essentially each time he comes back as a different character, be it the serial killer um, or his mo- his own mother mm-hmm. or police officer, doctor. Right. And it's a story. That's what I enjoyed a lot about it was that it was kind of like more along like a, the story that you were learning about the serial killer and his history as you go along. Yeah. So I have, I have some thoughts on it. I think... Um... It's a very interesting pathology to kind of like watch play out on screen um, for, you know, the serial killer to have these like weird split personalities and to kind of be using them to work through something in his own mind, um, which is clearly, you know, his own capture and the subs like how it would play out where he captured. Right. That's clearly the story that he's working through is, you know, Billy gets captured for, you know, killing all these people by decapitation with a blowtorch, right? That that part comes out early. 
and he's interrogating his victim about, you know, why did you decapitate these people with a blowtorch and blah, 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 and all these heinous crimes. And then you kind of see these people from his life interacting with him and, you know, what he thinks prison will be like with the fellow prison inmate and what he thinks the guard will be like. And so it's kind of him sort of ruminating on his own demise, basically. Yeah. Um, throughout Craig's um, sort of captive period. Um, oh, Craig is sort of like the, the almost like the the pincushion or voodoo doll in it. You yeah, know what I mean? yes, yes. He's the, um, I, what's the word I'm looking for? Not puppet, but poppet. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think puppet is a good is a good term because he's kind of like, it kind of is like puppet theater, right? Like he's put in this situation of like he is the sounding board for this, you know, person who is deranged working out what it is that's playing over and over in his head and what it is that's playing in his head is his moment of capture, which I thought was kind of interesting and how that would play out and what his mother would say to him and what his father would say to him and what, you know, how all of that would go. Um, From the perspective of someone who reads an awful lot about serial killers and, you know, researches an awful lot about serial killers. I don't necessarily know that it's a very believable pathology because that's not necessarily – that level of self-awareness in a serial killer is very – would be very rare. Um, So much so that I can't think of a single case where it it truly was that honest and scathing and interesting. But I don't know that that's like really relevant in the space of doing a horror film. I think, I think a lot of people would watch this movie and have that piece of feedback that like, Oh, well this serial killer is like so aware of all of his like shit. And it's just like not believable that this would be a pathology for a, a serial killer like this character to have like, you know, Bill to have, um, to those people I say quit pissing on everybody's parade like (laughs) you know um it's interesting it's it's intriguing it's I do think that it lends something new to the realm of horror um this particular type of story and I appreciated the way that the way that his sort of split personality was like you said it told a story because I think that there have been other films um well i don't know if i can think of any specific examples but i just when we started the film i was like oh like when he first came down as the clown and then he came down as the detective i was like oh you know this is going to be like he's going to be all over the place with all these different fucking personalities and like it's not going to be linear and it's going to mm-hmm. be like all over the fucking map because you know split personalities in horror a lot of times they're kind of that trope is dealt with in that way where it's just like all over the fucking place you don't know whether he's going to be nice or mean or whatever but I do have to say that like because they allowed his character to have a relatively high level of introspectiveness Mm -hmm. and understanding of himself yeah um which I don't know that serial killers actually have in real life Um, But because they kind of suspended disbelief and gave that to this particular character, his split personalities were able to more cohesively tell that story and not fall into that trap of being all over the fucking place. So you could follow it. It became something that was interesting that you could kind of like... You wanted to know what would happen. Right, that you could gel with. and And the characters read as authentic. And because of that, I think it held my interest a lot more than I kind of expected it to because... You know, there it wasn't your typical 
split personality movie. Um, which I thought was really good. Cause even split, I enjoyed split. I know it's not a horror film, but I enjoyed split. And even that one was a little bit like all over the fucking place. Like I never knew which personality was which and was, were, were different, but I think, I don't think they were as fully realized each personality in this. They were very I, much I realized. Know I fully realize who Patricia is. <laughs> That's true. She's so. fabulous, <laughs> but it's because we are her. Um, no, I actually thought, so here's the thing. I had one issue. Um, I would have liked for it to have been, you know, when you have these instances where you have people who are captured in these films and they try to like one up their killer by like using their, um, like using psychology against them. Like he tried Mm. to do numerous times and failed. Uh, and failed and it built that up for me and in my head i'm like if he is really this self-aware like he wouldn't be tricked by any of that and he wasn't really he he wasn't he wasn't really ever tricked by that was he up until he played the mother character and the mother gave him the nail (sighs) file that kind of like I got it but it kind of broke it a little bit for me but honestly I guess my um response to that would be if he is truly so the moment that Craig is captured right he he's starting from Craig has that brief meeting with the clown and then right after that the detective comes in he's caught he's hauled in they're interrogating him or you know the the captor is interrogating him um, in the personalities of the detectives. And, you know, he's, you know, it kind of starts at the moment of his capture. Do you think that because he's kind of processing his eventual capture and demise and execution, that because that is the role that he's like, that is the situation that he's playing out over and over and over again. And it's kind of implied that that is exactly the scenario that's playing out over and over again because of the vignette with the girl in the beginning, right, who meets her end in the exact same way that Craig did um, with the same executioner rope, everything. So um, do you think that because that is the specific scenario he's playing out of himself, his own capture and demise, that him giving the file as the mother was kind of a pre-planned beat on the part of his captor and that by slipping that part into the story he is giving himself hope because if we look at this as not just an examination of you know what might happen when he's finally captured if we look at it as a ritual that this guy is playing out over time and that he may believe he may or may not believe has ritualistic power in it do you think that that moment where the mother character gives him the file and therefore gives him some hope of escape is something that was kind of preplanned. That he was, ha- had always been open to that. That it's not necessarily that he was tricked. Because I don't think he was tricked. I don't... It's hard to say because they didn't really, like... They didn't really go into that a whole lot. Like after the fact because to me like he gave he gave him the nail file as his mom and he uses it to cut his ties but then he's upstairs and he just doesn't he it doesn't it doesn't seem to me like 
he was waiting for it or that he knew he was just like preparing or in his own mental state to like get into whatever new character he was going to use to come on down and then like and then you know obviously it you know attacked him and then subdued him again but my question for you is he's the one who is putting all of this together he's the one who is realizing all of these personalities he's the one who's putting on kind of a one man show right that's meant to be a dialogue with his with his captive party. Um, and therefore he's the one deciding on the costuming. Why was the nail file even in the purse that he carried down as a mother, as the mother? Why'd he bring it? Cause his nails were on fucking point, honey. Honey, he had a press on that was looking fine. They didn't need the file at all. I the think, shape was perfect. I'm not sure. It's hard to say. Cause it could have been something from his memories from his mother as a child. Like maybe he remembered his mother like having really good nails and like maybe she took care of her nails and had a nail file. Maybe that was something that maybe. remembered and it was a part of that. I also don't think that every situation probably played out the same. Yes. Like I agree with you victim, on that. And so like each one probably had different things interactions, right? And different interactions. Yes. Um, so it was hard to say. I felt like it kind of broke it for me a little bit, but it didn't. Not not so bad. Yeah. See, to me, it it almost made it more interesting for me because, like you said, Craig tried a lot of times to trick him in various ways. Yeah. But he wasn't. You know, he, he wasn't going to be fooled. I think he let the nail file moment happen because, because he, in doing it, I, I, I look at what he's doing with his captives as a ritual, and I think that he is, in, in having that nail file, even in the purse in the first place, as a possibility, even having it on the table, having it with him, that's him somehow seeking through this ritual to endow himself with some bit of hope because we can't forget that Craig the captive and the captive in any of the situations no matter who the captive is because it changes depending on the victim right that person is him he is projecting himself onto that party so in in helping him and giving him a a nail file you know he's risking his victim getting away for sure Mm -hmm. but he's also giving himself some level of hope so i i thought it was i kind of saw that as a very interesting like hope and meaning that like the victim will escape and kill him like a release type thing hope and meaning that the victim could hope and meaning that it's not all completely predecided and that the victim does have some brief opportunity, the possibility for some brief opportunity of escape because that's also allowing him eventually, right? When he is eventually reprimanded and caught. Yeah. And in the same situation with the law that perhaps by working that into this ritual that he's played out so many times that maybe he will have the potential for hope. Yeah. So it's it's working hope into the narrative in a really interesting way that that I do think is pre-calculated. And I think that's why the file is in the bag now. Do I think that the file comes out of the bag every time for every victim? No. No. I do not think that the conversation that happened between the mother character and Craig um, as, you know, in the killer's mind as Billy, right, um, 
I don't think that that conversation happens every time. But I think the file is in the bag because he's he's desperately trying to work in this potential for hope hmm. for his own situation. Okay. Um, and the very loud metal that was playing during that time, like immediately after he goes upstairs to become the guard, the loud metal that was playing, the strobe lights that were on, you notice those things were not on when the pizza guy came, right? It yeah. just looked normal in the living room, so that could be part of it, right? That he's got loud metal on and he's got strobe lights on because of that opportunity that he's providing. But if the victim makes the wrong choice, which Craig sense. did, right, didn't get away. Right. There was hope, but didn't get away. Get away. It's not that he wants his victim to get away. It's that he wants in the ritual to provide some level of hope or yeah. opportunity yeah that maybe then in the future he could exploit yeah does that makes make sense. sense yeah definitely i think it makes sense so um, also you have to talk we have to talk about the pizza guy <laughs> or we have to talk about bill when the pizza guy arrived fucking bill because he, he is all of pizza us for his last meal so he like gives him an option he's like all right for your la-. as the as the security guard he's taking the his last meal before you know he kills him and he's like do you want hamburger do you want hamburgers or pizza and the guy's like uh i'll have like an aged slow roasted well he asked him he asked him what he wanted to eat first and he's like i want a 20 hour slow roasted turkey and the guy's (laughs) like you get hamburgers or pizza and i'm like what the fuck (laughs) um and so he correctly chose pizza We don't know what um, toppings he got. No, we, we didn't don't, hear. Unfortunately. Um, but we do know he got his topped off. No, nope, that was. Mm, <laughs> wow, maybe that not. was bad. Maybe not. No, uh, maybe no, not. but the pizza delivery man moment was amazing he, and needs to be isolated in GIF form, please. He, <laughs> the pizza guy goes and knocks on the door, and then, like, you just see the the serial killer. You see him like just normal, and then he just slowly peeks out over the like tiny windows that are at the top, and then just like stands there for like maybe three seconds, staring at the pizza guy awkwardly, and then slowly lowers back down and then <laughs> opens the door. Um, it was amazing. It was. Good. It was me every time I order a pizza. I have to say, in our conversations of you know the various personalities and things like that, Jackson Davis, uh, the actor who plays the killer in this, is very talented. Very, very much so. Super, super talented. That role could have fallen incredibly flat, and instead, it was so interesting. It was so authentic. It was so captivating. Um, and he had a great sense for comedic timing, which mm-hmm. you know, in my horror, I love an actor with comedic timing. Yes. Because horror is one of the eight causes of laughter is incongruity. Yes. Meaning that something happens that is so out of sorts that our brain has no idea what to do with it. And we react by laughing. So to me, laughter is a part of horror and good horror kind of incorporates that. Um, and I think he found a really... Um, interesting ways to do that that did not break character and it did not break the uh, intensity of the situation of the scene of you know the story at large yeah 
So, so I want to get into uh, just a couple of, you know, we like to get on our little rotten tomatoes here. Um, the movie currently has an 11% on the tomato meter. God damn it. <laughs> I knew those fuckers were going to hate this movie. And a 27% audience score. Oh, fuck them. Fucking audience, man. I... Fuck y'all. Okay. So... I will read a... Read these salty-ass reviews. Yeah, I'm going to read a suburban moms. Review. No offense to our suburban moms. We love you. Um, so, The Basement has the feel of a stilted off-Broadway off audition piece. I'm sorry. Have you seen the fucking... What's the shitty-ass art house movie we watched? Murder Party? Have you seen Murder Party? No, you motherfuckers. About, uh, you fucking buzz, bastards. Buzzkill? Buzz. No, I'm thinking Velvet about Murder Buzzsaw. Party. Oh. I mean, oh. also that, but fucking Murder <laughs> Party was an off, off, off Broadway audition, you fuckers. Yeah, that's true. Um, and a positive one, and that was from Frank Sheck from The Hollywood Reporter, who was starred as a top critic. You know what? Sheck a dick, Frank. <laughs> yes. Sheck a dick. <laughs> I'm getting serious on Rotten Tomatoes. Sheck a dick. Yeah, it sounds like something. Sounds like how Cher would say it. I'm gonna be Pussy Princess Zero Zero One up on Rotten Tomatoes next week. <laughs> Flooded That's also with all my reviews. <laughs> and a positive one uh, from Chuck Foster of Film Threat says: For low budget horror, the basement certainly isn't the worst, but it's far from the best. It's a good time killer with great gore and decent performances. A nice background while you play that game on your phone. Don't expect anything more. Was that a positive review? I don't think so. You know what? He could get it too. Fuck him. Nah, that was some bullshit. Here's the thing. This movie is an hour and a half. It's super fun like to watch with friends. Like, I do have to clock him, though. Decent performances. Misha Barton, honey. get Just stop. Maybe just stop. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I definitely cannot act. Cannot act. And they were like, "Let's take the super really, famous star and hang the fucking plot twist on her ass." I really could have just done without her character. I could entirely. have done a Drew Barrymore. You know what I mean? I could have just, oh, you know, yeah. first scene. Go ahead and get her Drew out. Drew Barrymore would have been great. Sorry, I meant Drew Barrymore in Scream, like what they did oh. with her character, which is she was the only one that people knew who like, she was and Drew they killed Barrymore her in the first scene. Her character. No, no, no. Drew Barrymore as her character would have been fucking fabulous. Um, but I meant kill her in the first scene oh, so that we yeah. don't have to deal with Misha Barton's like completely hollow acting. It it sucks to be like against an actor like Jackson Davis, who is totally new and has no, like, street cred. Like, he has no name, right? Then Misha Barton, everybody knows her from the fucking OC and from her subsequent, like, mental breakdown. Hope you're doing well, baby. Getting you that good, good mental health. Um, But, like, to go, like, to be spliced by an editor from, like, a scene that is, like, really intense and, like, well acted and, like, really, like, well thought out to, like, Misha Barton like hollowly reading lines even when the plot twist was revealed I was like god damn it like you are so and well I'll save that for my review I'll save my last piece of feedback so it's that time Katie are you gonna chill or kill 
I'm going to chill. I'm going to chill hard. I really liked this movie. Like I said, it's an hour and a half. It's an easy one to knock out. It's a fun ride, I thought. Um, it's fun to watch with friends. It's got a little bit of gore in it, and it does kind of go there, like Degrassi. Um, there's a couple scenes, like the teeth scene was pretty disturbing. Kenny and I were kind of cringing on that one together, um, and it's hard to get us to cringe. Um, but that was pretty That was pretty good. A um, couple other moments of gore for those of you who like that. Um, the only drawback of the film for me, um, it does feel low budget, which I love. Um, the only drawback, other than Misha Barton's terrible acting, which honestly you can deal with, um, is the fact that I believe the last three minutes of the film are very heavy handed. I could have done with less of a explanation of the twist. Um, I think they kind of, they wrapped it up in a bow to, and they didn't need it. Well, they dumbed down their, their viewers, right? Like we didn't necessarily, you and I were talking after the film and it's like, we didn't necessarily need all that expedition exposition. We didn't need to see Misha Barton acting horribly, um, having a conversation with the killer, like, oh, my brother's a serial killer. How cool. Like, that's obviously, literally the line reading. Because of he's the Gemini killer. So, obviously, you know that there's right. a twin. My brother's somewhere. a serial killer. How cool. Is like, not a line that anybody would ever fucking say. My like, that was clearly killer. so rushed. Yeah. Um, all we needed was maybe, um, you know, we see his Gemini tattoo the whole film. All we needed was her, you know, upset on the phone with the cops the day after. Like, oh, my gosh, my husband's missing. My husband's missing. He just went to the store to get some champagne. And, you know, he still hasn't come home. Oh, my gosh, I hope he's okay. And then hanging up the phone with the police, going completely deadpan in the face. And then maybe, like, pushing her hair behind her ear as she, like, coldly looks out a window. And we see a Gemini tattoo behind her ear or something like that. Like, that's all we needed. We did not need to see those two interacting together. We didn't need an explanation. It didn't It didn't need the over-explaining. So that's the only kind of negative point that I have for the film. But I'm going to chill hard with this movie because I liked it. And I do think that I would rewatch it. And not just because Jackson Davis has hot-ass, beautiful blue eyes. Yeah. Anyway, what do you think? Are you going to chill or are you going to kill? I'm going to chill. Totally, I'm going to chill. Um, it actually, the film actually surprised me. I thought it was going to be another Netflix piece of shit. Me too. I was uh, worried. <laughs> um, but it, uh, like I said, my main thing was that the story from, um, the story that you get from the capture of the main, um, the main victim and their, and his interactions with, uh, the serial killer, uh, it was just really interesting to me. It kept me like wanting more. I wanted to like know where the story went, how it was going to play out. Um, and it also, like I said, gave you some sort of insight into why he was doing what it was he was doing. I again, didn't really need Misha Barton's character. I called out the, the, the twist, like fairly close. I knew it like fairly at, at the beginning. I knew it, but I didn't say anything until much later. We knew that there was going to be a twist. He makes we a, just thought it was going to be with the mistress. Yeah. We called out the mistress. He makes a comment that says, um, uh, cause he's getting ready. He's getting, um, the main, uh, uh Craig ready to, um, uh, be beheaded. And he calls, he says, well, you know, the governor, 
um, could always change your mind. You never know. So that left me thinking like, oh, immediately, was this a setup? Was it just a test? Was he not really going to kill, you know, right. him? Was it just going to be like a learn your fucking lesson? Don't stick your fucking dick in other fucking chicks mm-hmm. type moment. Mm-hmm. So I kind of knew um, 100% from that moment that's what was going on. But again, just didn't really need her at Misha. all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I did think, because you and I kind of called it out, but we, I think we were thinking that it would be the mistress that somehow um, when the killer is talking about his sister, Mary Beth, who was abused or whatever, like we were thinking it was, it was the, um, the mistress, you know, but looking back on that, I, because Craig started sharing about his wife's past, like it kind of Made was, sense. yeah, that was a little obvious, but yeah. I think it's worth a watch. Um, we had fun with it and probably you will too. Just don't take it too seriously. I mean, don't clearly don't go into it like these fucking rotten tomatoes people have, but like, don't take no. it too seriously. Go in for fun. It's an hour and a half. Like it's a fun little ride, short little, you know, short little story and and it's pretty much worth it and maybe turn it off before the last three minutes yeah totally (laughs) (laughs) it'll be a lot better that way well thank you guys so much for joining us for this netflix and kill we may see you next saturday maybe Maybe. not Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? That's the mystery of it all. Of podcasting. Yes. The mystery of podcasting. The mystery of podcasting. The joys of podcasting. Oh, that's our next horror film. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> all right, guys. You know what to do. Until next time, you have got to stay spooky. Stay spooky.